The time for planning is over. The time for action has come. The gang needs to save their friend, but it must be done quickly. They head into the belly of the beast, the Abbey. Will they find the antidote? Will they uncover some of the Abbey's secrets? And can they do it without getting caught? Tune in to find out. intro for this episode are you ready last episode all you need to know about last time on dial in for magic is kitty got a gun (laughs) (laughs) got a motherfucking gun also for this session um jordan and nate are sharing a microphone like lovers and me and henry are moving this afternoon and not 100 percent sure what time our internet will switch over. So it's a race against the clock, and it's a fun energy in this space. Anything else to add to this intro, Henry? Eat more fiber. <laughs> okay, good. Drink some water. Live, la- no, laugh. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> live, laugh, leave, actually, is my motto. Where were we headed after? I, I got a gun. Oh, the, what else? I can't remember what else the fuck we were doing. Uh, sure. So on, on actual story-related beats, uh, we left off with... <laughs> You guys had just made some purchases from the from the black market. Kitty got a derringer or a gun, as has already been established. Herman, I believe you came away with some uniforms, some monk robes. Treble, I want to say you came away with potions of some form. I did. I came away with uh, a couple potions of healing. That's right. And then red uh, donuts? I don't remember what you bought or if you bought anything. anything. I made a connection with my old friend. Oh yeah, there's more revolutions happening. There's revolutions yes. here, well, there, uh, we everywhere. We left off with the cryptic sort of Jordan, I mean Treble, connecting with some scary entity of the uh, Brotherhood. Oh, that's right. He, uh, Treble has met an operative of the Cloven Hoofed Coalition. Eh, Brotherhood of Hooves is close. <laughs> <sighs> Please don't call them that. That will not go or well. Or Hoof Bros. That's actually our rival gang. <laughs> no, no, the Hoof Bros. I like it. So, uh, it left off. Uh, you also met uh, two of the, or I guess technically three, of the people who are, who are going to be helping you break into the Abbey. You met Progash, the perhaps bad and stereotypically bad-tempered uh, hobgoblin safecracker. You met Merriman, the Aarakocra sharpshooter. And then you met the, I don't know what the best, I'll say quirky, the quirky Kenku, Xantos, with the voice of a goblin baby or something. (laughs) And then I think we left it off where you all had just made your, had your character moments and you're still in the black market. Yeah, we're meeting up with Jordan. I mean, Treble. Treble. God, character (laughs) names are so hard. Oh, speaking of character names, can I just say that last week my friend Mariah 
told me that Red and Kitty are the names of the parents on that 70s show. It, they are. Oh my god, they now are. That I, That's so I didn't, funny. Now that you said <laughs> I did not know <laughs> that. And now here we are. Red Foreman and Kitty Foreman. Well, here we are and I no. didn't Did know. you two play No. Them? No, I haven't I did... watched that 70s show in, since it went off the I've air. I've seen like a single episode <laughs> of that as a teenager once in my life. I don't know the names of any characters on it. If it, if it helps, we're nothing like those characters. I mean, that's good. That's important. That's what's important. So, you're in the black market. You have all had your character moments. What do you guys want to do? So, I want to give everybody the costumes. Specifically, I'm going to throw the costumes to everyone, but I'm going to gently hand Hattie's costume to her and let my hand graze across hers as I make a, an intense amount of eye contact. She's not into you, bro! <laughs> Herman doesn't know that. <laughs> Um, did you, okay, so actually, here's the thing. Did you actually look at the sizes of the costumes, or did you just throw them, like, indiscriminately? Because that could actually be pretty funny. I just threw them indiscriminately, except for Hattie's. I knew which one was Hattie's. The rest of them, I was just like, yeah, whatever, these aren't important. I just have to use this moment so I can connect with Hattie. Okay, so those of you who aren't Hattie, which I guess is the rest of you, go ahead and roll a d10. In this instance, 10 is the best, meaning it fits you like like it's supposed to. One is the worst, and then it's on a scale in between those. I got exactly a five. Okay, so it, it fits, but you know, the sleeves are a little big, and when you put the monk ro- the hood of the monk robe up, it, like, goes down below your mouth, so you kind of have to adjust it constantly. I got a nine, so, like, okay. mine fits pretty good. Yep, pretty, pretty good for you. I got a four. Ah, okay, so yours, uh, the sleeves are okay and the hood is okay, but the actual, like, below your leg, or below your waist part is too long, so you're, like, dragging cloth behind you wherever you go. You're gonna trip on your front of your robe. You gotta hold it up like a (laughs) wedding dress. I'm picturing, like, Base sitting on the back of it and him like <laughs> sliding him around <laughs> so he doesn't have to. Oh, I, I was thinking you like put him in a sling like in the monk robe hood. Oh, yeah, well, that's fun. <laughs> or he's like, I just put it if it was too tall, I'd put him as my, like on my head and it's just a cat head in the hood. <laughs> as you were distributing your robes and such, the Aarakocra Merriman comes up to you all and kind of looks around and is like, Oh, okay. Uh, I guess that's one way to do it. So here's the thing. I, I, there's a better plan than than doing this? I Okay, so I forget whether or not I mentioned it last session. I'm assuming I didn't. The, I was going to offer you more than one option, just in on the off chance that you didn't want to trust it all to deception. I'd love some more options. <laughs> I think that Treble and I are charisma-based, and we can do it. We can do deception. Okay, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna give you a, a couple options here. Merriman is describing these. I'm not gonna do the whole role play thing for it, but just to get these options out there. So one thing that you can do on the water side, there is actually a dock and a mooring for a boat, and you can actually climb up the cliffs using some climbing rope, if you want to. You can try and infiltrate as monks, which is what, you know, what the gear is for. Um, Another option is to try (laughs) a more violent approach and sort of go in guns blazing or like start a fire as a distraction and then sneak in through one of the side doors. I can do distraction, no problem. 
I'll, I'll start a fire anyway. Red loves starting fires. Yeah. Another thing, Merriman is going to hand to uh, to you, Kitty, and to you, Treble, uh, a handheld radio. And is going to basically say, all right, Krogash and I each have one of these. Unfortunately, we don't have enough for all of you, but here are these if you need them to get a hold of us. So, Henry, a quick question. I will not be taking questions. (laughs) Go ahead. No questions. (laughs) Go ahead. Our main purpose was to cause a distraction for Krogash, correct? Uh, yes, but, I mean, it's sort of secondary, because... The only reason you're doing this at all is to get is to try and find an antidote. All Frankie Fourfingers needed from us is to do the distraction. And then how you accomplish that is up to you. So I, I'll just start a fire. I don't mind starting a fire. That's your solution for everything. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. It's very effective. I feel like we should in do a combination. Forest, of those let me plans. tell you, if a fire starts in the forest, it's a very, very effective distraction. So I feel like we should do a combination. Sneak in dressed as monks and also distract with the fire. That seems like the the way to go. I don't know if we'll all make it climbing up the cliffs. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't. I personally don't like fighting. So going in guns blazing doesn't sound like my cup of tea. I definitely know that I could not make it up those cliffs. I'm, I'd make it like halfway and probably fall. Mr. Rupp, I'm meaning to talk to you about that. We need to get you on a fitness regimen. Your arms are looking a little, uh, a little flabby there, Treble. <laughs> Treble just, like, looks down at his arms and just kind of, like, sighs a little bit and kind of looks a little defeated. <laughs> Red flexes his very skinny arms and is like, how am I doing? You're doing good. You're doing good. I mean, we could definitely pump it up a little bit more, but you also got those wings that you pop out sometimes. Those seem like those kind of take a little of the weight off for climbing. Those are probably Oh, yeah, out. that's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't fly with them, but they make me pretty fast. Anyway, I think sneaking, even though I don't really trust that either, I don't... I think that's our s- safest option. Based on our track record, we've established we're excellent at sneaking. <laughs> yeah, we, we can wear the robes and, and sneak in uh, with a distraction and, and then... If they catch us, we're in the robes, and we just uh, we just say we're monks. And then, if they don't believe us, then we can fight them. A, B, and C. Okay. Well, that's fine. As I furiously scratch something out on my notepad. Okay. And now the uh, the final question: Do you want to do this during the day or at night? Night. Yeah. Night. Night seems pretty good. Do any of you have dark vision? Yes. Uh, that's a good question. I, 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 my gut says yes, at I least do. one of you. Yeah, okay. I thought, I, I knew, I, I was pretty sure you did, but I couldn't remember if anybody else I'm did. I'm a kitty cat. Of course that's I what I thought. I don't have dark vision. I don't either. But I have a cat who can be my So eyes. So base has dark vision, but you don't? <laughs> but no, cat, actually cats don't have dark vision in the game. Oh, that's bizarre. I didn't even really? know that. Yeah, look, go look. Go look. They don't have dark vision. Oh, that's a shame. I really wanted uh, Base to hop on top of your head and just ratatouille you. Oh, that'd be so good. You need to do a ratatouille Just by the horns. Just like (laughs) At some point, please do a ratatouille thing. It's so funny. (laughs) I got a question. Is there like a time of day when like people are coming in and out and it's like really busy at the Abbey? Like, would there be a time where we could kind of blend in with a big crowd? Or is it like... Uh, why don't you roll religion? 
<laughs> That's a negative one modifier. Let's see how we do. That's a four. I haven't been in this city very long. That's a good way to spin that. I don't know what's <laughs> up with religion. I was raised by lesbian witches. Does anybody else want to give that a shot? I was gonna- Yeah, I will try. Intelligence is not my dump step. Oh, uh, dirty 20. <laughs> okay. Nice. So you would know that typically there are opportunities at noon and like 6 p.m. each day for people to come in and either do praying of their own or listen to the monk choir inside. And on certain days of the week, the local chapter friar will also kind of give a sort of sermon and liturgy. So that could be good. I, I think if we go at the 6 p.m., we'll be able to maybe go in with the group of people and then we can... Then we can maybe hide somewhere while they start to, you know, as people leave. And, and then be able to sneak around at night where there's less likelihood of us being seen. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we can uh, go in and, and then just, you know, find a closet or something. We'll pop back out after they're gone. Seems like a good plan, except for how many of us are there? Eight? We're going to fit eight of us? They've probably got a few different <laughs> closets. That's fair. Also, we do have to time this when Krogash and Merriman are also going to be doing Yeah, are they following our lead in terms of when we want to go? Merriman is acting sort of separately. She's just kind of going to be there regardless of what you do. Krogash is more dependent on what you guys do. So, like, they're cool with the same time of day that we decide to go. Yeah, they're fine with that. And if something changes, you do have the radios. Should we uh, head out? Let's do it. What time of day is it right now? It's about 3 p.m. Like, you you spent kind of most of the morning dealing with the black market. About how long would it take us to walk there? Uh, probably about an hour. You're, you're on the opposite side of the city, and I'm assuming you're not getting, like, a car. None of you can afford it. I was the one that had to pay for it last time. Oh, um, I just had a thought. I forgot that we're wanted. Um, <laughs> so, like, maybe we shouldn't just walk in with a crowd, like, undisguised, where everyone can just, like, kind of see who we are. We wear the robes and we cover our faces. Uh, all right. And then we hide as soon as we get inside. Yeah, okay. Yep, that makes sense. All right. <laughs> do we have other things we need to, like, do? Like, should we wait for tomorrow? Or are we good to storm the castle? I think we should just get this done as soon as possible. The, the longer we wait it out, the longer it's gonna make me want to throw up well the longer we take the worse off Ernest is those are both compelling arguments you know ending a man's suffering and also uh avoiding vomit so uh yeah let's let's do it let's go did you say avoiding vomit yeah because kitty said she I was, said gonna, I was throw gonna throw up, throw up. <laughs> ah right okay yeah i was like i didn't 
don't think I specified that Ernest would throw up, but maybe that's, maybe that's a side effect that I just didn't didn't think about. I didn't think about. You should really think more about when your NPCs should be throwing up. <laughs> you know, I've got There's many constantly all the time. I've got a good fair number of faults as a DM, and I will admit that is one of them. I never take into consideration the appropriate amount of vomit. Um, <laughs> How much vomit should be in a D&D podcast? That's an important question to ask. With any luck, almost almost none. This is okay. part of our how-to book we'll be releasing later. <laughs> that no one will buy. Yeah. Because we barely know what we're doing. <laughs> It'll make us tens of dollars. Tens! <laughs> so good. I will say then that if there's nothing else that you guys want to do... Uh, you will be able to make your way through the through the city, and uh, you begin the ascent up to up to the abbey. Since it's on a hill, it's kind of a sloping ramp, kind of like a medieval castle, leading up to the top. Uh, you pass through. There's a portcullis at the top and a gatehouse, and the portcullis is open. So you can walk right through and under it. The abbey itself is surrounded by about a 20 20 to 25 foot high stone wall, which at various intervals you can see hooded figures slowly pacing around. So guards of some sort, you could could reasonably assume. Wait, are they monks also in the D and D sense because i was thinking monks in the religious sense but they are are they also oh monks i in meant the monks sense? in the religious sense you haven't a clue what the what, guards i'm class these people scared are. now yeah. because monks in the D and D sense could murder us oh you didn't think about that did you <laughs> oh, you didn't think about you getting murdered did you no that's all i'm thinking about us getting murdered one stunning strike and then we're all dead in front of you, uh, and this, the abbey is a large sort of medieval building. Um, if you can imagine, Notre Dame is the only cathedral, like an, oh, not, there's a cathedral, or there used to be a cathedral. That doesn't fucking matter. It's a large, tall medieval <laughs> building of kind of this polished black stone, which is kind of off putting, but still a very gothic look. Lots of gothic arches and pillars. Well, yeah, I mean, goths is the love Is black, the stone so. smooth, or is it, like, rough and textured? It looks to be smooth. It's obsidian. Guys, it's obsidian. I figured it out. I know my rocks. <laughs> we've, cracked, we've cracked the whole case open. It's obsidian. <laughs> the murderer was obsidian the whole time. We just walk into the abbey. We know this is obsidian. <laughs> Give us everything we want or we'll tell you secrets. <laughs> oh, no. Our contractor swore us to secrecy. Okay, in front of you, kind of coming out from the abbey, is a long stone archway that is flanked by a pair of hooded monks at intervals of about 10 feet. So every 10 feet on each side of you, there's a single monk kind of gesturing people to come in. And you are not alone at this point. There are a number of other citizens alongside you. One kind of interesting thing, uh, you notice that some of these citizens are carrying, like, relatives, or you could assume they're relatives, uh, but people who are ill. Oh no, it's a faith healing thing. As if clerics aren't a literal class in D&D. Isn't that the whole point? (laughs) I'm so sorry. 
Oh, boy. (laughs) See, that's another thing that you may encounter in here. You notice that there are people, some of them are carrying uh, people on, like, little stretchers, almost. Some of them are being carried, like, you can also see some children that are clearly hurt. Uh, that are being carried by their parents. And you have made your way into a large sanctuary-esque space. There are long wooden pews and a bunch of stone columns supporting a massive vaulted ceiling. To your left and the right, carved into the walls, are various reliefs and statues of various gods, in addition to various creatures. Uh, You can pick out gargoyles, demons of various types. At the front of this, or I guess at the, from where you are, at the back of the chamber, there is a raised, probably 30 feet in the air, large wooden podium, behind which is a Goliath in a stark, like, black cleric's robe, holding a, a censor. And not like a detection sensor, like a thing that you put incense in and kind of swing around on a chain. I didn't know what those were called. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you do. You learn something new every day. Yes, I do. On the platforms to the left and the right, so the smaller wooden C-shaped podiums that are slightly shorter than the one that the Goliath is on. Behind both of those are another pair, or a goliath in each of them, similarly garbed in a black robe, black uh, cleric's robe. Uh, In front of the main wooden podium, there is a long stone table on which there are a number of religious uh, symbols and iconography, as well as an area for, like a carpeted area where people can kneel and offer prayers. That kneeling area that's at the front? Correct. That's in front of the stone table thing. Say, I'm trying to avoid using the phrase stone table just because of the Chronicles of Narnia. So, like, we're coming in through the front doors, right? Are there any side receptacles, you know, like, um, prayer rooms to the side? Are we seeing any, like, places that we're going to be able to secret off to? (laughs) Or is it just, like, a big, long hallway into a big cathedrally prairie room (laughs) yes to the left and the right of the of the front of the sanctuary there are stone passageways that branch off on the right hand side as you enter there is a little sign that says dormitory and then the left hand side is not labeled you said that we were like coming in and people had like um sick relatives and stuff like that where are those people going are they going to like the front kind of so they're going to the front but they're also going specifically to the left hand side uh you notice that all of the pews in the left hand side are full or nearly full as people are trickling in and the one the row in the middle and the right hand side is they're, they're, they're about half full, but they're not nearly as full as the people on the left. As the rows on the left, I should say. Not the people. So are we, I mean, are we kind of like, is there a lot of people? Are we kind of being corralled a certain way? Or do we have a kind of a second, are we taking a second to stop and kind of take this all in? You're not being corralled in any way. 
Except, uh, I should say, the people who are bringing sick relatives, uh, occasionally you will see monks come in and kind of help them sit down. But otherwise, they're not really being corralled. And we're not, we're not being suspicious by just kind of standing here observing things. We don't need to, like... No, uh, there are other people around you kind of doing the same thing and, okay. and talking to one another. Kitty is just trying to watch to see where the robed people are coming, like, people who they're dressed sort of like, if they're coming in and out of the room at all, which way they're coming, and seeing if there's a place that they're going to be able to sneak out of if they have to stay here and watch this, or if they're going to be able to walk in and out. Yeah, I would love to, like, go into that dormitory and just sort of chill in there. I don't think that's going to be a thing that I can do. I imagine that's going <laughs> to be But that's what tough, Red would love to do. But I would love to do it. Just one thing, I want to make sure that I, I note this because I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh, she has pulled that badge that she pulled off of that guy that she killed ah. out. She has got it in her, like, kind of, like, in her hand, kind of tucked up in case someone tries to talk to them. She can just kind of flash it if need be. I was wondering when that would make a reappearance. <laughs> oh, uh. Bobby, Bo Bobby took notes. Bobby took notes. <laughs> That's actually like a superpower to me that someone took notes. That's like, <laughs> oh boy, I am so far behind. Okay, so one thing that you notice is that it's kind of a free-flowing event. So the people in the pews on the left side who have brought their sick relatives, periodically a monk will come up to one of them and kind of gesture them either to come up to the front table or occasionally they will take them through the left-hand passageway. And periodically, people that you've seen go into this passageway will come back out and occasionally ailments will, like visible ailments will be cured. So at one point you see a child who has a broken leg go through and then about maybe 20 minutes later will come back out again and being, be able to walk. I have an idea. Is there anyone on that left side with the ailments who is, um, that they seem unconscious? Oh dear. I have one trick and I'm gonna do it. <laughs> some of them look like they're unconscious. Like there are people slumped over and there are some people that are completely prone. Can I roll some kind of a check to see if there's someone who looks... Not very visibly injured, but close to dying in the unconsciousness. Is there someone I can do a spare the dying on, is what I'm really asking, obviously. I had something else in mind for what you were trying to do, but uh, sure. I, w I will say that you can see somebody like that on the, cr on the last row, the row closest to you on the left side. Okay, so I'm going to turn to... Uh my friends i'd be like hey hey i got an idea follow me and uh i uh will go over to uh that person um do they have like a family with them single person with them the people in question it's a pair of tritons and uh one of them appears to be an old triton man and the one who's prone would appear to be an old triton woman I am going to go over to them and kind of put my hand on the old 
man's shoulder and say, um, uh, uh, come, come with me. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out, uh, this way. Okay. W- sorry, who did you, the Triton woman? Uh, I am going to basically pretend to be one of those monks that's grabbing a sick person and bringing them back, uh, down that left-hand passageway to heal them. Ah, so, um, I am, like, gesturing for this man to, uh, bring his uh, unconscious partner, uh, with me down that left-hand passageway. Uh, the man does not respond to you. I look over at Treble, like, no, help. <laughs> you are sick, correct? You, we can take you back and we can heal him now if you come with us. When you say this... The Triton woman stirs and wakes up and looks at you and she says, I don't think you'll get much of a response from him. He, uh, he had something go wrong, uh, upstairs. He, he can't speak anymore. If you're, if, if you're able to heal us, uh, I will, I will take him with you. Uh, yes, so follow, follow us this way and we'll, we'll take you back. So all five of you are taking two people back. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> that was not my plan. That was not no, my... No, uh... Uh, I was... Okay, I so think we're just going to grab it... sick people and take them back there? Well, okay, I'll grab okay. these guys and I just pick up some random here, sick person this... and start carrying them. Me and Treble have interacted with this couple, so I think the two of us need to be a part of this. What if we did, like, brought back two people? Because I can also kind of heal people, but it would have to be somebody who's got, like, a broken arm. I can't, I don't think I can make this guy talk again. And I don't think Red can no. either. So we're kind of promising well, this and, guy and we can fix him. And in my mind, him. I was like, upstairs as in, like, his brain is broken, or upstairs as in he fucked up with something in the abbey and now they're trying to like make amends yeah i was just hoping that the sleeping person was unconscious and was um duped duped by henry my dm whom i love and trust you've been duped by the dm again your (laughs) beloved (laughs) well we don't know who's doing the healing we could just take him back there and be like here you go here's another person for you to heal I'm going to leave Treble with these guys since he is the one who has gotten <laughs> oh, to them. <laughs> I'm going to go find someone else. Kitty has just got her hand on her face inside the hood. Kitty, please go Please go with Red. I'll keep Herman with me. You, Please Whoa, go with Red. We're splitting the party again. <laughs> no, hurts, we're both, both going to go down that passage. This time, though, you can communicate. That's true. We both have the okay. I'll go with red. I hate I'm it. I'm really kind of splitting the party. We're also gonna grab people. Yeah, and go we're with you. we're just grabbing each grabbing a party, and we're going back the same direction. We're just doing it separately. See, what I thought you were gonna do is like a a get help sort of thing, where one of you <laughs> feigns illness and. <laughs> uh... Oh no! This man needs assistance. <laughs> we're not doing get help. We're not doing get help again. Get help. <laughs> While you are trying to find... So you're both able to find, like... There's a kid with, like, a dislocated shoulder. 
and there's like an adult man with a broken toe or a broken foot. Did we leave the old couple? We're like, just like, sorry. Sorry, that's not our, that's not our uh, expertise. <laughs> Area of expertise. <laughs> we, don't, we don't help with the mental stuff. Well, you gotta find someone with greater restoration. We'll have to refer you to a specialist. <laughs> well, that got real. Um, okay, let's, let's get past the healthcare woes. Um, while you're trying to find people to help, the... Goliath priest, or the Goliath friar, at the front of the sanctuary stands and opens a small green-bound book and with a booming voice says, Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Abbey, Abbey for tonight's, for tonight's sermon. sermon. We shall, we shall begin, begin with a song. Um, and you can see that there's like a rustling in the left or in the middle and right hand pews as other people grab green bound books. We shall, we shall open, open with a hymn, hymn to Temu, Temu, which you may find on page 102 in your books. Hear our cry, O Temu, thy bounty we do seek. We tread upon the pilgrim's path, the broken and the meek. We crave our daily bread, so you do not strike us dead. We wait on every breath, and hope for painless death. This continues for another three verses. In typical fashion, the congregation is all over the place musically. <laughs> Treble is dying inside. <laughs> His inner musician is just like crumpling. <laughs> Rest assured, Henry is also dying inside. <laughs> um, I should also note that from the dormitory area, a group of 15 or so monks came through and joined in the choir. So there is actually some good sounding elements to this song, but it's definitely balanced out by the off-key nature of the crowd. As this song concludes, uh, the friar closes the book. Kind of, uh, you can see the Goliath, like, shuffling some papers uh, up on the podium. And then it begins, Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Abbey this evening. I'm Father Henry Typhurian, and I will be delivering today's canticle. And kind of begins, just... Kind of going through a pretty regular litany of uh, asking or uh, reading some sacred texts. You've for... all been to a Catholic church, right? I, I mean, it's that. sure, but I don't want to assume. <laughs> but reading uh, various holy texts for several of the gods of Bastalone, uh, you can pick up verses written about Temu and Korostal and Bastor, being the more benevolent deities, uh, and not the creepy ones. And while this is going on, uh, the people are still cycling in and out of this sanctuary. And we are doing that. I would like to be bringing some people out while this is happening. Okay, so both groups have <laughs> found a sick person. I want Herman to help the guy with the bum foot. I just want to walk up there and be like, hey, pal, looks like your foot's messed up. Let's get you all fixed up. And I just pick him up oh, without asking for oh, consent. That's Jeez. good. That's <laughs> just good. Okay. Um, just a second. Um, let me get rid of this headache. 
that, that, you, that you've all, that you've all given me. You've all collectively. You can't get rid of that easy. Okay, so you that uh, you know, they're used to that at this point. Um, monks are picking up kids and kind of helping them into the back, so it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for you to do that. Assuming that you all stay in a group, uh, you're able to make your way through this stone passageway uh, on the left-hand side. Uh, as you're leaving, you hear the, the friar say, When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a young boy. Yeah, the choir behind them is saying, When I was a young boy. My father. <laughs> uh, you, you can hear, I mean, you can hear the friar continuing to preach. Um, so what you see when you go into, uh, through this passageway, what you initially see is like, uh, to your left, or in front of you and to your left, uh, you see a large open room with a number of monks and you can see, uh, there's a number of tables that some of the sick people are laid out on and you can see monks operating on some of them uh sometimes you can see a spell being cast other times you see like an actual surgeon uh like with surgical tools making fixes so that's the the large room to the left uh you also see a a little alcove uh which has like equipment in it and has a door that's partially open um and since it's an abbey, this is kind of a cloistered area, so if you look straight ahead beyond the the area with the storage or the storage area, you can see that there are arches and you can see outside and there are monks you can occasionally see them walking past kind of doing their rounds, doing their not reverie, whatever it's called, where they walk around in pairs. I don't I, I, I don't know. I'm guessing that that's what monks do. They're doing um, their daily walkabouts. Doing their daily walkabouts. And then if you look to your right, there is a long hallway with windows in it. And you can see a sign that says Bell Tower. And another one that says Office of the Friar with little arrows pointing further down that hallway. I vote that we stay as far away from that hallway as possible. Yeah. Yeah, don't go towards the friar's office. Unless that's where the antidote is. Bell Tower. I've changed my mind. That might be where the antidote is. Well, I don't think it would be in his office. There's got to be like, we got to find the police area, the evil, evil, evil magic police area. Like a research and development R and D. Or or um, evidence locker. <laughs> I mean. Couldn't the storage room also have the antidote? Maybe that's where they store it. Yes, it's just a storage room. It's got, <laughs> the it's got cleaning closet. supplies, extra extra Bibles, and the, the, the antidote to their evil, evil guns. I think at this point, we're just hoping that we come across like a bookshelf with a gun on it that says, this is the gun you're looking for, and this is the antidote. Yes, a gun. This is the gun. 
And and these are the bullets that do the healing shots and not the bad <laughs> shots. It's gotta be like Bioshock where it just glows gold so that you can't possibly miss story elements. Please, could you actually do that for us? Wait, you've done that yeah, for us before this, and then Herman. Maybe has a large it. pointed uh flashing sign that says, This is what you're looking for. Look, we already had an episode where Should we, we did that and Herman was like, I better not take that. <laughs> Yeah, here's this big bag of gold. You know, money, money that none of you have except for one character that has a little bit of it. What are you going to do with it? Oh, leave it there and not touch it? Great, 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 great. Maybe we'll find some here in the alley. I would love to Herman won't let us take it, probably. I would love to steal from the church. That is what we're here to do. Isn't that what Robin Hood did? No. No, oh. he stole from just the rich in general. Well, the church was rich. So he stole from the church. <laughs> yeah. No, because he worked with, he worked with little or uh, Friar Tuck. Yeah. To distribute the money. Yeah. But not like the did whole Did you ever church. read Robin Hood or even watch the one with the fo- the the foxy foxes? Listen, the, the, Friar Tuck Robin wasn't Hood the whole Disney foxes that caused like a forest, that caused man. like uh sexual awakenings in people at a weird age. Uh is that a thing that happened? <laughs> sure. Anyway, should we do a perception check to see if we decide which direction to go? Sitting on a counter. I mean, our plan was originally to hide and then search at night or something, yes, right? That's yes, that's what, what Kitty is looking for, a place to hide. Yeah, I think I would like... Yeah, but we also need to give these people to somebody. Yeah, I would like... Or, yeah. I, or I need to heal them. I would like to them, find a place to hide place. and also, like, one of the, I don't know, little doctor offices or rooms or whatever where we can heal these people and then send them on their way. Like, can we watch where other people are going with their sick? Well, I, I just I just told you that, though. Yeah, they're all getting put on the table. Okay, so, we'll... so we could go just dump them in that room and just be like, we'll be right back. <laughs> no, I think we should put them in that room, heal them, and then tell them to go on their way. And we will go another way from there. To a hiding spot, maybe? <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so Treble will begin to lead. Well, Treble's with Herman, so. Well, I guess we're all together again. Yeah. But, like, Treble will kind of guide Herman, who's carrying this person, down the hall, and I'll find the closest person who's not, uh, like, I'm obviously not going to interrupt a surgeon who's, like, in the middle of surgery, but somebody who's, like, not necessarily, like, actively doing something. And I'll say. Uh, we have uh, two more here ready to be brought back. Uh, where should I put them? So there's actually a monk who's kind of doing, like, he's directing people at the entrance um, as beds free up. So the monk looks at you and kind of gives you a, gives a short bow. He's like, welcome, brother. You may take them to... And he has like a little clipboard sort of thing. And he looks, he looks at that and then he looks up at the tables and... Take them to, to bed 10, and he points at an empty bed. Entering the room, the one the furthest back row on the left. It's empty, and there's, like, a surgeon standing by it. Okay. So I will take uh, a walk with Herman down that way, and uh, gesture for Herman to put the patient on the table. As Herman walks by that guy, he nods his head and goes, Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll for psychic damage done to me. Uh, 
God, why? I should just, I gotta learn, like, silence on these people. I guess it's better than going, like, eat, pray, love as you walk by. But... There's gotta be He's a spell a that Kitty can learn someday that's, like, magic muzzle. <laughs> An offshoot of magic missile. Yes, but she can shoot it, just point her finger at somebody's lips and then put her finger over their, her lips so that it shuts them up. Okay, so you guys do that. Uh, Kitty and Red, are you going to do something similar? Yeah, I, I'm going to follow their lead, do kind of the same thing, bring my person to the same area. The monk greets you and nods slightly and then gestures to a bed that's actually immediately adjacent to the one that... Uh, treble and herman just put somebody on great okay so you guys have done that now are you doing anything else in this room or are you trying to exit as quickly as possible what do, yeah what do we see as possible exits from this room the big room that you're in it it's, it has a single entrance and exit did we see anything on the way here that looked like little you know places that we could hide or duck away like if we go back out could we find a good spot yeah like this the storage area had a door that was partially open so you could go in there or you could go further down if you wanted to hide in the bell tower i think the storage area is probably the best bet is the storage area the best place to hide or are we just going to go in there and hide and someone's like oh i need some supplies and walk in there's just five people standing (laughs) like oh hey Um." and two of them are gigantic goliath people do they ring the bell every hour? Like, would somebody be going up there every hour to ring the bell? Uh, no. So they tend to ring the bell. It's not like a clock tower sort of thing. It's more like a ring it at the conclusion of services. So we shouldn't go up there yet, but we could go up there later. Okay. So I say we hold up in the storage room till we feel like the service is concluded and then we'll head up to the bell tower. Like, maybe once we hear the bells ring, give it a little bit, and then we'll come go up to the bell I tower. I think we are going to need to, you know, do more investigating. But let's start here in this storage space. As you're about to leave, someone comes up to you. The, the person in question is a, a tabaxi who is not garbed in monk robes, but instead has a... Sort of a a tuxedo dinner jacket, a bright, almost acid green mohawk, and is wearing mirrored, kind of aquamarine colored glasses. Have we seen this person before? Did this person shoot me in the hand? Yeah, is this the person we saw? I, I will say, you never saw the person that shot you in the hand. Okay. Let me go ahead and roll another negative one. Yeah, that's a uh, History. Or or perception, I'll say. Um, either uh, one. I got a crit 20 on history. Okay. They look familiar, but they're not one of the people that... It's not the hobgoblin that you saw earlier, and it's not anybody that you fought on the rooftop. The tabaxi puts a hand on your shoulder, kitty. Oh, hello, stranger. Ain't seen you around here before. I'm a new recruit, and she'll just, uh, put, she'll flash the badge. A new recruit, eh? You from this chapter, or you from out of town? I'm from 
very far out of town. I feel like we need to roll deception here. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Nate! Shut the fuck up, Nate! I, I, Shut and, the fuck and, up, Nate! I was, I was going to make you roll that anyway, so that works out fine. Does my badge help me at all? I will let you have advantage because of your badge. Yes! Oh, God, okay. Uh, deception is plus two, so a 19. Well, welcome to the Abbey. I'm, uh, you can call me Sister Sunclaw. And kind of shakes your hand. Glad to see that the Abbey is still drawing in them recruits. And, uh, looks around a little bit and then leaves the room. Let's get out of here. Yeah, okay, let's go. Kitty's butthole is puckered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll head to, the, to the storage room. To the storage room. Okay, so we're just chilling in the closet. Well, let's first just see if there's anybody in the storage closet. Or storage no, no, there is no one in the storage closet. By opening the door a little further, you see that there are, like, brooms, mops. There's also brushes and sponges and buckets some vials that look like they might contain cleaning fluid and then some sort of blank ubiquitous cardboard boxes like how big is this storage area is it just like a tiny storage closet no it's pretty sizable it's probably about 15 by 10 feet how big are these cardboard boxes? Can we just solid snake this thing and just hide oh. cardboard boxes the whole time? Oh, um, you're yeah. a Goliath, so no. <laughs> you, can, you can only hide in refrigerator boxes, my, my <laughs> mon frere. Yeah, but some of us are tiny. That's why I asked Some of us there. are just skinny boys and we can fit. <laughs> yeah, they can, they can fit into like, you know, a bookshelf box. <laughs> They are pretty sizable, actually. You you smaller or normal-sized people might be able to fit in them. Well, can, or can we just, like, kind of move them away from the wall a little bit and just kind of hunch behind them? Yeah, you could do that. Like, if we push, like, is there is it like a wall of box, like a big pile of boxes kind of thing? There's, like, like storage? there's probably, like, eight of these boxes uh, stacked up too high, so, like, four by two. So it's, it's it might be about five feet in height. Height. Okay, so if we if we push if we just like pushed them like a couple feet so that we could just kind of squeeze behind them, we could kind of all crouch back there and just kind of hide. Yeah, you could do that. Let's do that instead of getting in the boxes. Because <laughs> they're gonna be really weirded out when we dumped everything that's in the boxes all over the floor for us to hide. But he said they were empty. <laughs> Are they empty? No. Okay. What's in them? <laughs> Red hey. just starts opening the boxes and looking in. Hey, hey, Henry, what's in them? Yeah, describe every item inside of all of the boxes. Because oh. <laughs> Red is slowly just poking little holes in each box so he can look inside and see what's yep. in there. Two of the boxes, when you move them, they make like almost a clattering noise. Like this, or maybe clattering is the wrong word. Like the noise you hear when glass is moved. A tinkling noise. Tinkling. That's a great word for it. Yes, a tinkling noise. A couple of the other boxes seem to have, like, folded robes in them, like spare monk robes. A couple of them have towels, just, like, bathroom towels. And it's worth noting, all of the towels are white, so you get the sense that they're, like, spare towels for, like, the hospital area. And then in the last set of boxes has, like, spare medical supplies. So bandages, some salves, some ointments. 
Is there like a healer's kit I could just grab? Out? Yes. Yeah, that's yes, if you wanted to. Definitely yeah. a box that yes, I, I, I do, would like to steal I don't things from that box. Okay. Um, you also all unlocked the achievement uh, Pack Rat for opening eight boxes during the campaign. So <laughs> that's 15 gamer yes. score. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, roll perception. Have any of you observed Krogash during this time, or have you just been focused on... I didn't realize that we could observe Krogash. I thought that he was, like, fully hidden. Ah, okay. That's that's on me, then. So, he's he's still with you. Oh, he's been with us this whole time? Oh. Yes, he's been with you. So Krogash we could have just asked him right? the best place to hide? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, could, you could have asked him where things were. I don't know that he necessarily would know the best place to hide. So Krogash, uh, he's crouched behind these boxes with you. And at this point, he looks at you all and says, All right, kids, time for me to go to work. From around his neck, he takes out an amulet and speaks a word. And he vanishes from sight. You can see the door of the storage room open and then stops for a second and you hear his voice. I'll buzz you if anything goes wrong. I'm going down the hall to the office of the friar. And then he closes the door. Hey, I got a question. Can I search this crate and just, like, if I get, if I get, like, a nat 20, can we find, can can we find the antidote in this crate? (laughs) I'd like to strike a deal I would like to gamble. I, I would. <laughs> hey, great. so so what do I gotta do here to get myself into this healing? This healing. What do, what do I get out of this exactly? <laughs> what do you like, get? I don't. I don't know. I think the better question is, what does the audience? Yeah, what get does the audience get out of this exactly? <laughs> you sneak in. That feeling of getting it over on the DM. Oh, okay. Well, if that's what it's all about, then there, sure. Can I find? Can I find like a visibility potion? In this box. Okay. Is there well, anything for I was good in this I box? was just about I was just about to say. So going to look at Kitty and say, I know you are really not going to like this idea. I could cast invisibility on you, and you would have an hour to roam this place and look for stuff. I trust you more than no offense. And I look at Herman <laughs> and Red. You would have an hour to look around. And the sermon is going on right now, so my, now might be a good time to investigate. Uh, 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 I w- actually would be okay with this if if you promise that the rest of you will stay here and not go wandering around as well. Yeah, don't worry, we'll stay here. Red stays perfectly silent. <laughs> makes no Because Red makes won't promise no this. promises. okay he reaches out his hand and puts it on your like on your forehead and casts invisibility on you don't shoot anyone or else the spell will end but you have an hour to come back we will radio you when we feel like time or do you have watch or anything i i I have a watch and i have the radio and i swear to whatever you all believe is holy because i know we all have different ideas about that please don't do something stupid while i'm gone 
and she's looking at Red and Herman specifically, but you can't tell because she's now invisible. Red nods <laughs> silently. All right. You better, you better hurry. So in hindsight, we didn't need to do any of this. Krogash and Kitty could have just turned invisible and just walked in and done whatever they were going to do. I'm absolutely. This whole time. We're going to do oh, something. Oh, Red's going to do some dumb shit. <laughs> Red's going to do some. Red There's is not There's a reason staying, Red didn't but... say a word. <laughs> I'm just saying, we didn't need to do any of this. Kitty could have just turned invisible, walked in, found the antidote, and walked back out. <laughs> Well, that's assuming that this doesn't take longer than an hour. It's true, it's true. And it's also too late now because we're in a storage closet. But... <laughs> or nothing or, happens. Or so maybe, like... maybe there's there's obstacles. Or maybe the DM has other plans. The DM has just made it so everybody in the Abbey can see invisible people. Maybe, <laughs> it's just like, maybe hey, I'm what's that cat lady doing that over there? That one time when we thought M. Night Shyamalan was actually a good movie. <laughs> he pulled one over on us no, we there. Realized, we realized that was the twist all along. But he did Lady in the Water. <laughs> you? You? Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> oh, no. He, not only did he do nope, Lady in the Water. Nope. Ah, Paul Giamatti deserved better. He also, he actually... I, he really deserves flack for the fucking village, though. Like, that's a that's a hill I'll die on. I hate that movie. I hate that movie so fucking much. Okay, so Kitty, you are invisible. You've We've already gone through all of that. I'm assuming, how long do the rest of you want to wait? Or are you just waiting for her to come back? I... I will wait until she's at least out of the room. I, <laughs> first of all, would like to, um, like, do some kind of perception or investigation check of this, like whole storage area just to see if I can find like any secret passageways or like documents or uh you know valuable medical items or weapons or like anything that could give us any kind of advantage or information uh hidden somewhere in this storage room did I already make your rule perception no, I haven't rolled it yet. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Da 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 da. Come on, dice. That's a twelve. That's or, a twelve. Or if you want, you can roll investigation. Uh, I have a I have a worse score. I was like, that's gonna be on investigation. Yeah, yeah, that's but <laughs> but I uh, treble could help me search, or Herman could, whichever of you has better woo perception. I told Kitty that I wouldn't do anything, but I can look around yeah, well, here. We, so, we uh, said we, I didn't say I wouldn't do anything in we this We said we wouldn't leave this room, <laughs> but I, I think it's okay to look around this room. Yeah, we're already here. We might as well look around. I got a 19. What he meant to say is 19. Okay, so aside from the medical things I've already described with your bandages, healing kits, etc., there's also what looks to be like a chemical kit, like beakers, flasks, uh, one of those, not like a Bunsen burner, but like the old school chemistry sets where you'd light like a little fire for, for boiling something, like a Erlenmeyer flask. Or... There's also a glass like syringe with a tip that has like holes in it. So like an aerosol 
like you put air in it and then when you push it squeezes out like vapor there are also rummaging through you find a like a leather pouch that has vials of liquid in it if anything maybe the doctor can do something with these might as well yeah, take I think it's us. a good idea to take this kind of stuff just in case somebody knows what it is. Is there anything that I could make like a medicine or nature check to see if I know what any of these things are? Uh, there is another pouch that has like herbs in it. Okay. Like various plants. So yeah, you could do that if you wanted. Make a nature check on that. Forest technologies. Forest technologies. Now that is a 17. I know about nature. You could you could definitely make something out of what you've got here. Like a healing thing or like a explosion thing. Yeah, you could make something out of that. Uh you could you could make something Okay, I'll I'll say this. There are a number of herbs that you've seen before that are clearly with healing in mind. I can't think of a a reason why monks would store an explosive just like Cause they're bad, Henry. Cause they're bad monks. They're bad guys. We're in the bad. We're not the bad guys here, okay? They're the (laughs) bad guys. Stealing from the church, and the church is bad. Now, Henry, why did you write it so that the church is bad? It's almost (laughs) as if there was something in his past, in his tragic backstory. Also, just in history. Okay, how much time has passed in all of our searching? What has Kitty been doing while we're searching around? Kitty would be sticking to, like, walk, you know, looking through these halls, sticking to, you know, if somebody's coming down the hall, going the opposite way. Um, she's looking for any signs that are pointed towards, you know, if it says, like, um, evidence locker or, you know, munitions or uh, just kind of trying to get a lay. She's trying to move as quickly as possible, but as stealthy as possible trying to just get a lay of the land. She also, I just want to put this out there. Uh, Kitty speaks common, elvish, gnomish, halfling, and thieves can't. So she's also listening as much as possible, trying to just listen to what people are talking about, um, picking up, you know, just as she's walking by people. She's just trying to get into the belly of this beast and learn as much as she can as fast as she can. <laughs> that that makes perfect sense. Uh, one thing that I probably should have made clearer earlier, just as a world-building point, so within the Abbey, there are different tiers of, of people. So the tiers, like those teams that you have encountered already, would be like the Jesuits, like, or no, not like the Jesuits, like, like if if the Catholics had special forces, it would be like that. Crusaders, Henry. Oh, that's a better <laughs> yeah. The Catholic special forces are the Crusaders. They're they're much more devout. Like they cranked that holiness meter up to ten, and everybody else would be sort of kind of like practicing Catholics nowadays. I'm sorry, Catholics, if I'm painting you all with a broad brush, but to be fair, you did quite a lot of that during. Uh, the Inquisition. To, to everyone else. Okay, so Kitty, this is what you see going down that hall. Uh, there's a large room to your left with a locked door and like a little metal grate at the top so that you could see through. And there's a little plate next to it that says armory. Further on, also to the left, there is another room 
which appears to be like a little library. It's just there's two shelves, one on each side, or there's two shelves and a window kind of looking out onto the cloisters. It appears to just hold books and scrolls. To your right is a room that's just labeled Bell Tower, and you can actually see down the hallway uh, and the, into into this room, and you can see that there's a winding staircase uh, that kind of spirals up and out of sight. Going further down and to the right, you find a staircase uh, going down. Written on the side, there is a sort of tarnished nameplate indicating that it's older that's simply labeled corrections that scares me so much and below that is also labeled office of the friar indicating that it's somewhere in the basement oh i'm sorry and across from that is sort of another entrance to the cloisters so if you walk through there then you're out into the into the little walk area where you can walk around the whole building that's what you see You've seen an armory, a little library, and then the bell tower, and then the sign going into the basement for corrections in the friar's office. Can I go check out the locked door to the armory, just see what kind of lock it is? Like, if it, if it would be a hard lock to pick, if it's magic, stuff like that. Like, if it's armed with magic, because they can use it because they're son of a bitches. Shit, y- yes you can. One other thing I forgot to mention, uh, Laboratory is also on that nameplate. The Corrections Correct. Office of the Friar yeah. and Laboratory. Okay. What do you, how do you want it to see if it's locked? Like, I, jiggle I, the I handle? I just want to investigate. Okay, investigate. Go ahead and roll investigation. Uh, 21. Oh, okay. Uh, it looks like it, it there's, doesn't appear to be like a magical lock. It looks like your, your standard like deadbolt lock <laughs> oh it's a deadbolt like it wouldn't be oh no you s- sorry i me- i meant like a conventional locking mechanism you'd be able to pick it okay. if you wanted to okay yeah sorry that was that was not clear on my part yeah because i was like a deadbolt fuck i gotta get herman for this one god fucking damn it i would like to go down the stairs the scary evil stairs with the tarnished nameplates okay as you descend the stairs, it gets, it just feels colder, and uh, the walls are visibly damp. Roll perception. The staircase is lit at intervals by torches that are mounted into the wall on, like, kind of rusty iron brackets. I rolled a, what is that perception? Uh, 13, but I have a passive perception of 19. There's a sound of, like, crashing in the background, You're not positive, but you think it might be like the sound of waves. Arriving at the bottom of the stairs, you are greeted with a very dismal sight because to the left and right on each side, so for a total of 12, there are six cells carved into the wall with thick iron bars and kind of straw on the ground acting as padding and... A very, very tiny window facing outward. You can surmise that facing out towards the sea. Some of these cells are occupied. Some of them are empty. All you can really see are just a bunch of hunched over forms, either slumped on the ground or slumped against the wall. It's a good thing you haven't brought the two of us who would be like... Yeah, yeah, com- yeah, because you probably definitely know everyone Well, compulsively, <laughs> like, honor-bound to free everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's uh, sometimes you have to 
disregard the greater good for the what needs to happen right now. Kitty is going to look for uh, the laboratory because she knows that the other guy should be in the friar's office. So she wants to let him do what he needs to be doing and not interfere with that. There is another long passageway lit by torches. And then it opens up into a larger room. And immediately to your left is the friar's office in a separate room. Uh, there's a door with a little metal nameplate that says uh, Office of Friar Typhurian. Uh, to the right is a, a room labeled RMA, separated by dots. And it is locked with a heavy-duty door that, is, that looks really recent, like a new door. And it, it, in addition to being locked, also has like a heavy iron bar across it. Further on, there's another short hallway, and then there's uh, the laboratory. Okay, she's just going to take a mental note of the RMA room being like, well, something's fuckardly is going on in there. Um, well, I, I, I will also say as a reminder, you do actually know what this room is. I do? All of you do, actually. So uh, when initially when Frankie like gave you the kind of shitty floor plan of what he thought was in here, the repository oh, for right. magical artifacts was listed. Oh shit, we definitely need to get in there. Fuck! That's okay. where we gotta go. Motherfuck. That's why Henry didn't care you were invisible. <laughs> Checkmate. Ha ha ha. Yeah, that's right. You've all fallen victim to my classic scheme. Uh, but the laboratory is right ahead of you, and kind of in contrast to the rest of the area in this basement, it is very well lit and appears to be like, there appears to be actual electric lights in there. You can see several lab tables with apparatus set up on them. You can see liquids bubbling. You see a huge wall of vials, like a Emperor's New Groove cabinet full of vials. And it appears that there are some people working in the lab. There appears to be just, yeah, some white, white suited or white coated individuals. Uh, you see a human woman. Uh, mixing some sort of potion. She's got like a mortar and pestle and a pale liquid that she's kind of mixing together. She's wearing uh, like protective goggles. There's also a gnome woman who is doing something similar, but instead is like dicing up uh, like some sort of herb or maybe a fruit. You can't really tell. Um, and then there is a uh, kind of bizarre because you wouldn't have seen many of these but there's actually a leonid um or leonin god fuck uh a leonin who is like writing notes on a clipboard while while watching uh one of the apparatuses like boil this liquid are they talking or anything or are they just kind of working on their own thing it, they are talking but it's mostly small talk like they're clearly just doing it to pass the time while they're working on this other stuff okay like nothing like small talk as in like uh how are the kids the weather outside is great blah 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 you know not like office small talk not like interesting um gossipy small talk about what's happening here in this evil evil place correct it's it's very <laughs> which in a way is almost worse um like they're so desensitized <laughs> oh uh but they're one of them is talking about a theater production that they watched this week one of them is talking about how 
their kid did the best at jumping camp. Or, I don't know what kids do at camps. Or if they're... Jumping camp. Jumping camp. Best jump. Yeah, the I don't know. Best jumper in best jumping jump camp. Well, clearly spoken spoken camp. by someone who never went to camps as a kid. Uh, I don't know. Jordan. What... And is definitely going to have so many Jordan, jumpers. call Ashley right now. We need a t-shirt that says best jumper at jumping camp. <laughs> Best I, jumper. I, all, I went to jumping camp and all I got was a shirt. You went to band camp. My mom sent me to jump jumping camp. camp. We have band camp at home and it's jumping camp. <laughs> Henry, it's the best thing you've said this episode. Jumping. Wait, camp. that's the best thing, not the things I. <laughs> oh, that's the no, worst. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I love jumping camp. He's a jumping camp. The idea of it in my mind is so pure. <laughs> it's just a bunch of kids standing I'm in a so field sorry. jumping Either that or it's just like super rigorous. And they're like, jump! Jump! Are you jumping? <laughs> I, I imagine it's like kind of a trampoline situation. And kids just are on trampolines all day. Just jumping. So at this point, Kitty, it's probably been about 20 minutes assuming that you're like not rushing through this environment yeah i mean she's she's going as quick as she can to be able to like take in what she's looking at but she's definitely watching you know watching the time and stuff okay so you've looked or you saw the magical repository room you saw the laboratory you did you saw but didn't go into the friar's office let's go ahead and pan back to the other folks here <laughs> yeah, what have you bitches been doing? Yeah, what have you bitches been doing? I imagine that it <laughs> took us like at least 20 minutes to do this like thorough investigation of all the different boxes and stuff in this storage room. So if it's only been 20 minutes, I think we've just wrapped up our sort of thievery investigation situation. I listen at the door for any sort of for finding out what's going on outside the storage room you can still hear like monks coming and going and people leaving periodically you'll also like are you looking out or are you just listening if there's like a peephole to look out well i wasn't sure if you were like cracking the door open or i'm trying to just listen through the door but if something sounds really juicy and i need to know more i'll crack it so i can look <laughs> For the record, I don't think they put peepholes on storage closets. Yeah. You don't know. This is a fantasy world. Maybe they all have peepholes. Maybe every door has a peephole. All doors have peepholes in this world. Welcome to Doug's peephole door emporium. <laughs> hey, Doug, quick question. Why is this a business? So you hear people coming and going. After a certain point, you also hear more singing. Uh, and then you hear the sound of bells bong bong i have lost my bong <laughs> uh what does the sound so of bells mean for us like is that that just means that the service is over right correct okay um i'm gonna turn to my boys in the storage room and be like is that does that mean we should like take advantage of people leaving and like go up to the bell tower or should we tell Kitty like how 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 long has it been? What what do we do, guys? We should probably wait for Kitty to get back, then we can all go up to Bell Tower. 
it's going to take 20 30 minutes for everybody to probably vacate although knowing the church that i went to when i was growing up it, your parents are there talking for like four or five hours god I switched from, from Treble to Jordan because that was, like, my real life where you're like, oh, hey, mom, dad, I'm ready to go because it's a Sunday afternoon. They're like, oh, no, we got to talk to these 80 people before we leave. <laughs> I'm like, cool, I'll just go wait in the yeah, car. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> the, becoming just sort of intimately familiar with, like, the Christian magazines in the, like, church lobby because your parents won't stop hanging out with some other church family and you're just like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> we were almost always the last people to leave the church because my dad would just talked to everybody. And it's just like... My dad was a drummer on the worship the team. And my mom ran the little, like, clothing closet charity thing that was inside the church. So I hung out at the church a lot just sort of chilling. No, so uh, if anybody's wondering, uh, Dan has started a new podcast. I actually have. <laughs> <laughs> About religion. It's called Bible Stories for Blasphemers. It's going to be fun. It's coming out in a few weeks. Let's wait for Kitty to come back, and then we can all go to Beltar. Red is getting a little bit jumpy, but um, yeah, still going to listen at the door uh for anything and and you may continue with what kitty is up to because i'm interested as a listener in that hey red if you're feeling jumpy you could go to jump camp <laughs> yeah <laughs> jump camp i'm so sorry henry jump so camp sorry. is the best not as sorry as you all will be he's gonna kill us all we're gonna be like why did you kill us because because of jump camp no like, he's gonna kill us all by having someone jump out of a window and, and kill us <laughs> Herman's also feeling antsy, so he starts doing push-ups. Base jumps on your back while you're doing Henry, go back to the cool narrative. We're a bunch of boys doing <laughs> stupid things <laughs> in a closet. <laughs> We're fucking around. We're just stupid boys doing stupid things in a closet. Kitty, while you're in the basement, uh, you notice, which you didn't notice initially because it was in a corner but it is now paced to the point where you can see it fully. Uh, roll history. Mm -hmm. Dirty 20. Nice, okay. So you see a helmed horror with a large metal halberd. And for those of you who aren't familiar with a helmed horror, it is essentially a sentient suit of empty armor, which is imbued with magical energy. So it has a halberd, um, and it is imbued with... You can't see, obviously, any body parts, but you can see a flickering pale blue fire in between its joints and uh, where its eyes would be. Its head looks almost like a bishop's mitre, so this very tall steel hat, and its eyes are, like, burning bright below it, and it is kind of pacing in a guard pattern. So that's what you see in the basement. Uh, the next thing is something that both of you would hear. Both parties with walkie-talkies would hear. And that is from Merriman saying, Shh, be advised, it looks like there is a tears team entering the abbey now. Mm, 
those are the those are like like the people that we have been encountered, right? Well, it might be a different team, but yes, the but but that type of people, the the kind of specialized the specialized ma- anti magic hunters that do magic as well. Uh, it's paradoxical, but that's what we're given. Yeah, it's a bunch of shit. Finally, both parties hear an echoing noise, and then you hear the voice of Father Typhurian. Warriors, brothers, sisters, a spy has been discovered in my office. Prepare for combat. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Dial M for Magic. Our cast, as always, was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Bobby K. Kuffner as Kitty Bradley, Dan Rogland as Red, Nathan Pierce as Herman Cranberry, and our dungeon master was Henry Rogland. All of our artwork was done by Ashley Meisner Terran, and our intro and outro music was done by Alex Hills. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at M for Magic Cast and on Instagram at dial underscore m underscore podcast. We are in the midst of a giveaway because we hit our first thousand downloads, and just as a way of thanking you all for for supporting us during this time, we want to do a giveaway. So uh, check out our Twitter and our Instagram for all the rules, but two lucky winners are going to win a Dial M for Magic mug and some stickers. And on top of that, one winner is going to win their choice of figurine from Irritated Kraken's page. And the other lucky winner will win a set of dice from Nook Skate Crafts, a really awesome dice creator that we're working with on this project. So make sure to go check out our Instagram and Twitter to find out all the rules. In addition to our own Halloween special here at Dial M for Magic, Dan Rogland and myself are going to be joining the cast from Dice Carnival for a really awesome Halloween one-shot. We're excited to collaborate with these awesome, awesome creators. You should really go check them out, check out their stuff. Dan is actually going to be the DM for this one-off campaign, so it's definitely going to be worth checking out. And speaking of Halloween specials, I would be remiss if I didn't speak about our own. Our next episode coming out on October 28th is actually going to be our Halloween special that we've been talking about. Michael and Nadine from JK We're Rolling have joined us for this really awesome episode. It turned out great. I'm super excited for you all to hear it. We got so much content in that we really want to share with you that we're actually going to be dividing up the episode into four days. So leading up until Halloween, so the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, and then the final part of the episode will be released on Halloween itself. We're super excited. I think you're going to love it. Henry did an amazing job creating the story. Michael and Nadine really just threw themselves into their characters and it it turned out great. So I'm excited for you all to hear it. So make sure to tune in on the 28th to check that out. We'll see you then. So I'm going to, I'm going to take another screenshot, kind of show you what you see immediately, and then I'll describe it for the audience. So while you do that, I need to take a quick pee break. Okay. Okay. Everybody do a pee break. Everyone roll for pee break. Hey, hey, Bobby, what, what's happening? I'm having a pee break. Oh my god.